Welcome to the Turning Point Church Podcast. We pray that this message takes root in your heart and bears fruit in your life. For additional messages and other resources, you can visit us at www.tpoint.church. Good. I'm excited to share this word with you this morning. I'm excited about it. Um, uh, I'm thrilled for what we're stepping into as far as our our time of, of, of prayer and fasting, which begins today. Did everybody know that? Everybody on the same page? Uh, this has been our annual time of prayer and fasting. We do 21 days of prayer and fasting. Uh, I feel a leading of the Lord for us and our focus over these next 21 days. Uh, it begins this, this morning. And there have been times in my life where I have absolutely not looked forward to fasting. Uh, and, 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 and the truth is, is that there is something that the Spirit of God is stirring in this time. And this is what I've, I've learned to do, is that when I'm not excited about it, I ask the Lord to help me in, to see the excitement of others and to let it rub off on me. So if you're not excited about it this morning, then I pray that the excitement that is in my heart and in my spirit for this next 21 days will rub off on you. That'd be a good thing. That'd be all right. Uh, that we that we move forward in this thing. I want to lay some foundation. So I want to speak uh, two parts, really. I've got I've got two messages this morning, and it should only take about five hours, and we'll be out of here, and we should be we should be good to go with. Um, and, but the two parts, foundation, I want to focus on one that starts with, with, with the fasting part. I want to lay a foundation for that, speak to get us started and so that we can get on the road to, to a successful fast. And I also want to speak a word uh, that the Lord has given, given me for this, this new year. Um, uh, I, I won't, here's what I'd like to do. I, I won't preach again the message from last week. That's why we have podcasts for that sort of thing. So you can go back and you can, you can listen to that. But I do want to refer to it just to bring everybody onto the same page uh, and to establish our foundation for this 21 days of fast. Are you ready? Are you ready to see God move? Are you really ready to see God move? Come on, church. It's going to be awesome. This is what God had us focus on last week. There are three uns, three uns, U-N-S, that we must prepare our hearts for in this year, 2020. The first un is this, the unknown. I believe God wants to bring us into the unknown, and he wants to, he wants to lead us into that. The Word of God says that deep cries out to deep. You know that there is less that is known about the deep places of the earth than, the, than scientists know about the sky and the heavens and space. There has been more study of space than there has been of the depths of the ocean. There are parts of the ocean that haven't even been able to be reached. It's the depths. There are things that are still unknown. Did you know that there are things that we don't know? There are things that you don't know. It's called wonder. The wonders of God. We ask for signs and wonders and miracles. And wonders are given by God just for that purpose, to cause us to be in awe and wonder. What is this thing? But be it unto me according to your word. I don't know what this is. This is unknown territory. God wants to bring us into some unknown territory. And the reason why he does that is because he wants to stretch and strengthen our faith. You don't need faith for what you know. 
There's, there's no, you don't have to work that faith if you know it. If you know it. Things that need faith are those things that, my goodness, God, what is this that you're doing? I don't even understand it all. My, when, when this whole building took place, my goodness, what a good 2019. Glory to God. God provided this place. But when you start seeing all the dots that connect, it stirs, it strengthens, and it stretches your faith. You're like, God, I didn't know you could do that. I didn't know you could do it just that way, just that way. I'm in wonder of God this morning. I was here. I was here late last night. I was doing preparation. I was preparing. Uh, uh, honestly, we had taken time off during the holidays. I, I wasn't even supposed to be here as late as I, as I was. Um, uh, was just preparing, wanted to make sure everything was right for today. I was calling uh, on the Lord, just asking him to move. And, and, uh, uh, and, and, and so was here. And Miss, Miss Kim, who is uh, the secretary and children's director for Barfield Baptist Church, who uses the facility. Everybody know that story? Let me catch you up real fast. They're still using the facility while they build theirs. So they have a service from 830 to 1030. She came by. She was dropping off the bulletins. And so she was talking about things that, that God is doing in her life. And uh, she talked about some connections, some of the same uh, relationship connections that we have in the community, some other pastors. And she started talking about what I had talked about last week, about the well of revival and the outpouring and where that took place in Murfreesboro. And she talked about the Windrow camp meeting, the Windrow. And the thing is, I'm, I'm, I'm standing there, and she's talking, and she's saying this, and like, she knows I look ridiculous, but I'm just standing there like with my jaw dropped open, like, I can't believe you're saying this right now. Nobody says Windrow. Nope. It's 10 minutes that way. See, nobody talks about it. And here we are having a conversation, me without having any prompting, and I'm like, God, every single one of those things, it causes me to wonder. It is also a sign. It is God saying, guess what, son? Uh, uh, out of nowhere, out of seemingly nowhere, out of Nazareth, all of a sudden, you get a word that says, you're exactly where I want you to be. Not only that, I positioned your people, this church, I positioned them exactly where I want them to be. You're pursuing the right thing. Glory to God. It speaks to what he has spoken to us. Praise the name of the Lord. He wants to bring us into the unknown. <laughs> Jesus sent his disciples into the unknown. Seemingly unprepared. He sent them by twos. Do you remember? He sent them. Go heal the sick. Go cast out the demons. Go do that. He sent them into the unknown. He sent them. It caused their faith to work. He told Abraham the same thing. Abraham, go into the unknown. Go to a land which I'll show you while you're on the way. But you're going to have to step out into some things that you are unfamiliar with and that are unknown to you. Peter, get on the water. It may be unfamiliar, maybe unknown, but that's where faith lives. That's where it presides. It's time to venture into the unknown. That's where our faith is activated, stretched, and strengthened. The second un is this, unprecedented precedence. Unprecedented precedence. We have been given New Testament acts, biblical precedence for us as the body of Christ. Healing, deliverance, resurrection, 
prophecy, new languages, miracles, signs, and wonders. These are all precedents, biblical precedents, given to us by the New Testament. Paid for by the blood of Jesus Christ. Unprecedented is on a level or in a way that is not before seen. The prophet Joel so declared it, in the last days I will pour out my spirit upon all flesh. Meaning that there is an outpouring that is unprecedented that has not seen since the beginning of time, since the beginning of creation, there is something and it is a preparation for the Lord's return. We are in that time. Unprecedented precedents. The precedents that have been given are those that I listed, healing, deliverance. God wants to do it on an unprecedented level in the body of Christ. I believe it's a mandate from heaven to manifest these precedents. A mandate means this, an authorization to act that is given to a representative. We are all reps of the kingdom. Every single one of us, we are reps of the kingdom, and we've been given this mandate. Some people call it this way, the Great Commission. Go, therefore, into all the world, preach the gospel, baptize in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. And these signs will follow them that believe. They will lay hands on the sick, and they will recover. They will cast out demons. They will pick up deadly serpents. They will drink poison, and it will not harm them. They will tread on serpents and scorpions. They will have authority. It's the Great Commission. They'll speak with new tongues, new languages. On the day of Pentecost, when Peter stepped out and 3,000 had gathered at the doorstep because they heard what was going on, because they heard what was happening, Peter's response was, was this, these men are not drunk as you suppose. But this is that that the prophet Joel spoke about. This is that. And in order for us to embrace what God wants to do now and the move of his spirit, we can't be afraid to be the people associated with that. We're so afraid to be associated with that. If people dance and, and, and sing and shout and jump and speak in different tongues, I don't know if I want to be a part of that. Jesus said something very straight. He said, if you deny me before men, I will deny you before the Father. And the spirit of the living God is the spirit of Jesus Christ. To deny the Holy Spirit is to deny Jesus and to deny God himself. Are we on the same page? The Spirit of God is God in the earth right now for this time, for this age. If it was, if it was Jesus, we would be walking with Jesus right now. But he had a window of 33 years. The disciples got that. Before that in the Old Testament, God used the prophets he used the priests. He used the kings. <laughs> now we have Holy Spirit. And to, and to keep getting hung up on the ways, everything that I just listed are the ways he chooses to manifest himself. I didn't choose the manifestations. Did anyone else in here choose the manifestations? 
We're not God. And before we ever point a finger and say that's foolish, remember that he chose the foolish things of this world to confound the wise. He will use the extremely foolish stuff that this world will label, that's just not common sense. Or those are the people who don't stop. They're just not intellectually gifted enough. You see, we were believers before we got smart. We were believers. We were believers. We were believers. We didn't let all the intellectual stuff convince us and influence into believing that healing wasn't, wasn't available to us. I'm done being smart. I don't want to be smart in the eyes of this world. You see what the wisdom of God will do? How many of you, how many know the story of, of, of Angus, of Angus Buckin? He's been over to World Outreach several times. How many of you know, know the, the story? Maybe you've heard his testimony. Didn't make any sense what God told him to do in his wisdom. And if, you, if you've ever read the story, if you saw the movie Faith Like Potatoes, the incredible, miraculous harvest that came because he listened to the wisdom of God during a famine and during a drought. It is the wisdom. It doesn't make any sense. It doesn't make any sense. I don't want what the world thinks makes sense. I want what God makes sense, what makes sense to him. Because if he speaks that into my life, if he speaks that to us and leads us, how many of you know we can't fail? Can't fail. I told you I wasn't going to preach this part, but this is what I'm doing. Can't help it. We were created to have dominion, to walk in the authority that has been granted to us as representatives, the highest authority of the universe, which is God. We've been granted to walk in that authority. Jesus said, occupy until I come. That means occupy. Other versions say, invest and put this to work. In other words, take the resources that I have given you and put it to work. All the resources that we need is available to us. Praise the Lord. It's ours. Third un is this. Uncovering. Uncovering. And specifically, uncovering the well of revival, renewal, outpouring, and the manifest glory of God. Uncovering the well. Genesis 26, 18 says this, Then Isaac dug again the wells of water, which had been dug in the days of his father Abraham. For the Philistines, the enemy, had stopped them up after the death of Abraham. And he gave them, once he opened them up, he gave them the same names which his father had given them. Isaac dug again the wells of water that his forefather had dug. And what, what is so fascinating about the history of Murfreesboro and Rutherford County is that the well of revival, outpouring of harvest has been dug here by our forefathers. The people who came before us Throughout the 1800s, all the way up until the 1960s, there were revival services that were held out at that Windrow camp meeting area. I've been doing research since last week. Can you believe it? God spoke to me about that name, about Windrow. I'm like, God, what does that mean? Looked it up. It's a row heaped up by wind. 
Fascinating, right? All of y'all are looking at me like, so what? <laughs> Farmers will, will do this when you see the balers that go along and they, they put everything in a row before the baler can come behind and, and, and roll it up and all that stuff. You see it, you see it in a row. So, so what it is, it is, it is hay that has been cut and it has been heaped up by the wind or as if by the wind. So I saw two things. I saw harvest and I saw Holy Spirit. Wind, Holy Spirit, and the hay that is cut and heaped up is harvest. That is what God wants to do in this time and in this age. God wants to do it. I believe it with all of my Well, for decades, he wants to do. He spoke it. Uncovering of that well for decades, it happened. The reports, and, and uh, uh, Mr. Roy, you gave me the, the history of it. I'm going to read up more on that. Why is this important to us? Because God is speaking his purpose, why he's planted us, why he moved us over here. Are you kidding me? Just in the shadow of the Windrow Hill where, those, where these revivals took place. History records that, that it was, the, it was the, the, the largest revival of its kind in the state of Tennessee. Do you think it's any accident that we're here? Do you think it's any accident that you're here hearing this message this morning? What God wants to do in this place is much bigger than this place. It has nothing to do with a brand name or a church name of Turning Point, it has everything to do with the body of Christ. He has more than one church in, in mind. I've seen churches who have tried to, that have tried to take in revival and renewal and outpouring and just try to keep it to themselves. God will not answer a selfish revival prayer. I don't believe that. Because the very essence of revival when it takes place and when the Holy Spirit is truly moving begins to set your sights on other people anyway. It starts setting your sights on the market in the community. It stops setting your sights on what's just in front of you and what's inside the walls. Something else begins to transpire and begins to happen because that is the evidence of a move of God taking place. They broke bread from house to house and they met every day in the temple and they met on Solomon's porch and they met in the market. It was everywhere. Everywhere. I read to you last week the article of that revival. I'm not going to read it again. What we're looking for is here. We just need to uncover it. We just need to uncover it. And this is the focus of our 21 days of fasting and prayer. We're entitling this 21 days of fasting and prayer, Uncover the Well. Uncover the Well. Everybody say, Uncover the Well. Come on, say it, speak it. Uncover the Well. Come on together, uncover the well. This is good. This is good. This is what a team does, man. Football playoffs, I don't know. But when a team goes out on a field, they're all they're all chanting it together, right? They're all getting together. There's something that happens when we do that. One more time, uncover the well. This is this is our direction. This is our direction for the 21 days of prayer and fasting. This is what we're going to focus on. It is both personal, it is corporate as well. Uncover the well because that is that implies that there's something underneath that we're trying to get to. There's something that we're opening up. Hmm. I believe the reason why I want to focus on uncovering the well is that because I believe the other parts, the unknown and the unprecedented things, will be a result 
if we set our hearts to uncover the well. If we will set our hearts to redig the wells that our forefathers dug in prayer and in fasting and believing for God to do miraculous things. We can't go into this year as we've always done. We've got some digging to do, church. We've got some digging to do, and we're not wasting any time. A word of the Lord came through tongues and interpretation last week. Uh, through Pastor Johnny, our founding pastor, and his wife, Miss Brenda. Aren't you thankful for them? They flow so wonderfully. They are a gift to this body. Uh, praise God for tongues and interpretation of tongues alive in, in the church. Amen. It's a beautiful thing. Through that word last week, the Lord spoke to us and said, the shovel's in the ground. The shovel's in the ground. You know what that tells us? It tells us that God is with us, he's for us, and he is helping us in this. He put the shovel in the ground. If we'll do some digging, I'm telling you, oh, oh, man, thank you, Holy Spirit. Thank you, Holy Spirit. Oh, oh, I, I can say this real fast. But in the Old Testament, when uh, the, the people of the people of Israel had come against an army, in fact, five armies had, co had come together um, to, to destroy the, the people of Israel, the Israel, uh, people of Israel, Moabite came together. And, and so Jehoshaphat, the rest of the kings, they came together to try to defend themselves. And they went into a valley. And when they did, they saw the Moabites on the other side. And, and they were about to be defeated. But this is what happened. He, Jehoshaphat said, is there not a prophet of the Lord here, and they said, send for Elijah, and so he did, and they sent for him, and when he came, Elijah's like, listen, dude, I, I wouldn't be here except for Jehoshaphat, so now bring me a minister, everybody following me, everybody tracking, I'm trying to do this real fast, because I know there's other stuff I got to get to, I'm sorry, I'm going really fast, but this was the instruction, this is what the Lord says, Jehoshaphat, you and the army I don't want you to sharpen your spears. I don't want you sharpening your swords. I don't want you building up your, your, your defenses. I don't want you building up your shields. What I want you to do is to dig this valley full of ditches. And you will not see dew from heaven nor rain from the sky, but water will come. We receive your rain. <laughs> we receive it. We receive it. But water's going to come. The, so the last thing that this exhausted, famished, thirsty army wanted to do was dig. But if they, would, if they would obey the voice of the Lord, they were going to see a tremendous and a miraculous victory. Check out what happened. The next morning, the ditches were full of water. The ditches they had dug were full of water. And if you remember the account, Moab wakes up, they look over the hill, and they see the valley full of ditches. Israel knows it's water, but you know what Moab saw? They said, it is blood. It is blood. And the kings of Israel had destroyed each other. Therefore, Moab rushed to the spoil. So they dropped their swords, their spears, everything, and they rushed to go take out Israel, not knowing. Can you? How in the world does an entire army, scouts and everything, 
Wake up in the morning, look out over a valley, and the sun through the dust hits everything just right for that to appear like blood. And everybody's on the same page and says, let's go to destroy. And the thing is that the enemy always thinks they won when they see blood. The enemy thought seeing the blood of Jesus Christ was the enemy's victory. And in fact, it was just the opposite. It was just the opposite. It was our victory. It was, it was Israel's victory. Dig. What will happen if we dig? What will take place? What will transpire if we will be faithful to dig? Digging. This is why it's individual and it's corporate. Digging is getting the dirt out of the way. It's time to get the dirt out of the way. Get the dirt out of the way. Y'all hear what I'm saying? Get the dirt out of the way. Get it out of the way. It's time to remove it so the waters of life can spring up. That's what's going to happen during this time of fasting and prayer. We have the promise of God that if we humble ourselves and pray and seek his face, turn from our wicked ways, what will happen? We will hear from heaven. He will forgive our sin. He will heal our land. That's the promise. The shovel's in the ground. I need those who are going to dig with me. Who's going to dig with me? Raise your hand real fast. Who's going to dig with me? I mean, really. Let's, 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 let's commit it before we go any further. Lord, this is our covenant. Keep that hand up. Father, this is our covenant. Lord, we're in agreement together and before you. Father, that we will dig to uncover this well in Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. That we will see, that we will be like Habakkuk. That says, God, we stand in awe of your deeds. We have heard of your fame. But God, do it now in our time. Let us see it with our own eyes. Lord Jesus, we will uncover this well to see your glory, to see the power of God sweep through this community, to sweep through our lives. Lord, to take a drink. It's not just a drink for us. It's a drink for generations to come. Glory to God. Man, I feel the spirit of the Lord moving in this this morning. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Isaiah 58, turn there quickly if you would, please. Because I have a few more things to share this morning. You might get there before me. That's okay. Isaiah 58. This is my, this is my favorite fasting passage. Isaiah 58, can we read a little bit of ways in here? Because I want to, I want to establish this for, for our fast, okay? The core text for, for our fast and know that we're, what we're doing here. This first section is going to be talked about, is about digging and getting the dirt out of the way. So starting with verse 1, it says, cry loudly, don't hold back. The author is using a sense of sarcasm here, okay? So follow along. Raise your voice like a trumpet. Declare to my people their transgression and to the house of Jacob to their, their sins. They seek me day by day and delight to know my ways as a nation that has done righteousness. As if they were a nation that has done righteousness and has not forsaken the ordinance of their God. They ask me for just decisions. They delight in the nearness of God. Why have we fasted and, does, and you do not see, O God? Why have we humbled ourselves and you do not notice? 
Behold, on the day of fast, you really don't fast is, is what he's saying. Behold, you fast for contention and strife and to strike with a wicked fist. You do not fast like you do today to make your voice heard on high. And this is the response. Verse 5, listen. Is it a fast like this which I chose for day for a man to humble himself? Is it one for bowing one's head like a reed and for spreading out sackcloth and ashes? Will you call this a fast, even an acceptable day to the Lord? Is it not this fast which I chose, hallelujah to God, to loosen the bonds of wickedness, to undo the bands of the yoke, and to let the oppressed grow free and to break every chain? Is it not to divide your bread with the hungry and bring the homeless poor into the house when you see the naked to cover him and not to hide yourself from your own flesh? Then your light will break out like the dawn and your recovery speedily spring forth and your righteousness will go before you. The glory of the Lord will be your rear guard. Then you will call and the Lord will answer. You will cry and he will say, here I am. If you remove the yoke from your midst, in other words, if you'll uncover and dig the well. The pointing of the finger, the speaking of wickedness. Pointing of the finger is blaming others. And if you give yourself to the hungry, satisfy the desire of the afflicted, then your light will rise in darkness, your gloom will become like midday, and the Lord will continually guide you and satisfy your desire in scorched places and give strength to your bones. And you will be like a watered garden and like a spring of water whose waters do not fail. Do you hear what happens when the well is uncovered? Satisfy your desire in scorched places. Give strength to your bones. And you will be like a watered garden, like a spring of water whose waters do not fail. And those from among you who will rebuild the ancient ruins, in other words, rebuild what the forefathers had built, you will raise up the age-old foundations and you will be called repairer of the breach, the restorer of the streets in which to dwell, live. Let us hear what the Spirit of the Lord is saying to the church. Let us hear it. Let's receive it in our spirit. This is the fast that he is calling us to, church. Say it one more time. Uncover the well. Now for the second part. I told you there was two parts. I told you I wasn't going to preach the, the last week's message, but let's, let's go with it. I trust you, Holy Spirit. I trust you, Holy Spirit. You're doing the thing. You're doing the thing you want to do. You're doing the thing you want to do. Oh, man. Oh, man. I've got more than just anticipation in my heart. I've got joy mixed with that anticipation about what is going to happen, about what God is doing, about what he's stirring right now. That's why I, goof, I got a goofy smile on my face when I'm talking to you. That's why. That's why I pray for the joy of the Lord to come into your life in an unprecedented way. I pray that you be touched by the Holy Spirit of God in such a profound way that you'll have the same goofy grin. And people be asking, man, are you drunk? What's wrong with you? You out of your mind? What if, I told you, remember, Jesus said, it's the favorable year of the Lord. The psalmist said, this is the day the Lord has made. I will rejoice, be glad in it. That's rejoice, my responsibility, be glad. It's also my responsibility to be in it. 
In other words, it's his day. What if this year was not our year? What if it was not your year? What if it was not my year? What if it was his year? The favorable year of the Lord, the favorable day of the Lord, what would that look like? Do you think that would be good for us? Before we start thinking, well, what about all my goals and my dreams and my visions and all these things that I want to accomplish myself, all, all, all these things, me, 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 before we go down that track and down that train, do you think it would be good for us if it was the year of the Lord? Do you think it would bode well for the believers, the sons and daughters of God, if it was the year of the Lord? Would it be a good thing? Do you think that if he came first, I mean really came first, Would everything else be added? Seek first the kingdom and his righteousness. All these things will be added unto you. Do you think he's a liar? No. Do you think he's against you? So if it was his year, would it be good? Don't let the enemy trick you into thinking that God is not for you when you haven't seen certain things come to pass yet. Don't let the enemy trick you into thinking that God's not for you. He absolutely is for you. And if God be for you, who can be against you? Are you a believer in this room? Are you a believer? Are you more than a believer? Are you a son and a daughter of the living God? More than that. (laughs) Do you think he was kidding when he said, delight yourself in the Lord and he will even give you the desires of your heart? Here's the secret to that. Delighting is the desire. Delight yourselves in the Lord and he will give you the desires of your heart. When you begin to delight yourself in the Lord, delighting in him is the desire. It is the desire. And faith and signs and wonders and miracles and everything else flow out of that. Faith works by love. It works by love. It works by love. It works by love. It doesn't work because you can shout into a microphone like I just did a few moments ago, which which got a point. Delighting in him then becomes the desire of my life. It becomes the, the search. It becomes the pursuit. And if we'll set our sights on that, all the other stuff, What if, man, this just isn't your year. What if it's his year? What if it's his year? Uh, We've been told, we've been told that we need to build our self-image, that we need to bolster our self-esteem. And I'm wondering, can't you hear the the self-idol being constructed in that? You can hear it being built. (laughs) We've been told it. Some of us have bought into And the meaning was, well, a purpose-driven life. But to me, the highest purpose any of us can live is his purpose and not our own. It's his purpose. It's his purpose. But I have another question for you. Are you dead enough to be alive? Are you dead enough to really be alive? Is the old man crucified enough to be living the resurrected life? Is the old man crucified enough? (laughs) we got to stop overcomplicating it and victimizing ourselves. Uh, 
much of the unrest and unsettledness that is, that is in us is a gentle nudging of the Holy Spirit that is identifying the places that we haven't surrendered yet. We haven't surrendered it yet. And we still haven't realized how wonderful it is to deny ourselves and to lay down our life to gain Christ, to gain him, to gain him. Where Paul, the crazy man, then says, I now see all those things I once count as gain. I now count those as loss in view to the ever, this unsurpassing love that is in Christ Jesus. The overwhelming power and presence of God. God set us right. That's really what fasting is all about. Fasting isn't just as much about what we can gain. It's about how much are we willing to lose. Fasting in its natural sense is denying your physical, natural body, its regular courses of sustenance. It is denying that so that you may gain something spiritual. And that's the problem with a bored church is that a bored and a lazy church doesn't want to fast. Because it's too much effort. We don't want that effort. And the thing is, boredom is a choice. Script, whatever. Boredom is a choice. How do I know? Ask the richest people on the face of the earth, and they'll tell you how bored they are with all the stuff. And that they can just drop whatever they're doing and go wherever they're at. They can go anywhere on the face of the earth. And you know what? Half of them are spending the money that they're spending because they're bored out of their minds. So I'm saying, looking around at your life and taking evaluation, looking around at what is happening within the spirit within us, and if we're seeing a place of boredom, like, uh, I don't know, if the yawns are going on, if those kinds of things are happening, we need to take evaluation because boredom is a choice that we're making. Everything has been provided and is available to us. It's available, absolutely available. Listen, God is not slowing down. He is ramping up. And we got to get on this, church. I said, we got to get on this. He is looking for those who will be relentlessly dedicated to the mission of Jesus in the earth. And this is a good pep talk this morning. We're, we're about to go win the Super Bowl. The Cowboys won't, but that's another conversation later. He's looking for those who won't quit, who won't take a back seat, who won't wait and to be beckoned to pray, to praise, and to pursue. <laughs> I'm talking about dropping your nets and following Jesus. Bottom line, dropping your nets and following Jesus, continuing on the path that you set out to do in the first place. It's what you started to do anyway. He said it, he, he said it to, to in, in Revelation, he said it to the church. He said, he said, you started off well, what happened? You started off good. You were going the right direction. What happened? Man, it's time to stir that again. It's time to stir it. Fasting and prayer will do that. That's why it's called a fast. It will happen fast. It will happen fast. It will happen fast. This is just for us, but we started January 1, so we're already running into this 21 days of prayer and fasting. I don't know how long God is going to have us fast and pray, but we're doing this. Interesting thing is that um, talking with, with some of the staff, they were doing some of the same thing. I know Miss Leah started already. We're not doing this to make any kind of announcement. What I'm saying is, is that when that begins, you know what happens fast? 
prayer happens fast when you fast. Because there is a spiritual event that is taking place. I'll give you an example. On the way to church this morning, we're praying in our car. Boom, the prayer is right there on the surface. I don't have to dig for it anymore because I've uncovered it. Got the dirt out of the way. It's there. It's ready. It's fast. It's ready. It's available. It's ready. Praise is ready. Man, 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 man. I don't have, I'm not waiting for P. Russ to give the exhortation at the beginning. I'm like, man, I'm there. I'm there. God, I'm where you're at. That's where I want to be. That's where I want to be. That's what I want to do. That's who we are to be. God. It's right on the surface. It's fast. Could it be possible that the greatest year of your life could be a year that's not yours at all? Lord, let this word cut into the spirit and into the mind of every man, woman, boy, and girl in this room. Could it be the greatest year of your life is not even your year at all? It's his. It's his. It's his. What will this year look like if it was completely given and handed over to him? What would it look like? What, where would you go? What wonderful things you do? All the stories that you would tell. All the adventures that you would be on. Man, going to the grocery store would be the greatest adventure in the world. Do you remember what it was like to first be in love? Do you remember that? When I wanted to marry that girl, it was because I didn't want to go to the grocery store without her. Didn't want to go anywhere without her. Didn't want to do anything without her. Didn't want to say goodnight at the end of the night and be parted and drop her off at the door. No thank you. Wanted to be together. That's the picture that God wants restored again. That's what he wants in his church. Where it's exciting. Why? Because, because everything is, is new. Everything is fresh. You're walking in a, in a, in a new thing. It's been, it's been restored. Uh, and, and that's going to happen through this fasting and prayer. This will depend on your definition of success. The success of this fast and this time will depend on your definition of success. Uh, a believer's success is not in how much they can attain or obtain. It's in how much they give. A believer's success is not in how much they can increase. It's how much that they can decrease so Jesus can increase in them. Uh, we've bought into the thinking that the highest form of accomplishment and success is in the dreams and the goals that we achieve, and it's not. The highest form of success is who we are in him. Who will dedicate with me this year to the Lord God Almighty? Without a doubt. Without a doubt. Thanks for listening to this week's message from Turning Point Church. To stay connected, we invite you to subscribe to this podcast and follow us on social media. If you're in the Middle Tennessee area, we'd love for you to join us for a Sunday or midweek service. God bless you and have a wonderful week.